You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. Welcome to a very special episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs. Uh, what's so special about it? We're not going to be reviewing a movie. We're going to be talking about movies in general. Um, we're do, what are we doing here, Andy? This is. <laughs> these are going to be our annual movie awards. Now, the interesting thing about uh, this this one is that because we haven't done one yet we're incorporating we're incorporating everything we've done for the last five years so i'd like to say thank you for making me relive a lot <laughs> just so so much turmoil that i had to live through um no but you aptly named these uh the rubensteins and i would like to go on record right now and introduce a new category to the rubensteins called okay. um our favorite movie that is called um, Wishcraft and the winner is Witchcraft. <laughs> yes, I, I was going to say, we're going to have to bring up Wishcraft because we both watched it. And I didn't best, hate the best movie. Best kill, witch, Wishcraft. Best <laughs> performance, Michael Weston in Wishcraft. Best. Wish was such an interesting movie because it's so, like you said, you it didn't know if it wanted to be a rom-com or a slasher. Well, it, it was both. And the thing, okay, so here's the really, here's the thing that made it really weird for me is I have a breakfast show that I watch every day. Mm -hmm. Like and, and it's been a lot of different shows as I finish shows. I just pick another one and I have a soft spot in my horror loving cult film heart for like procedurals, but military procedurals like this is a weird thing for me. So there's okay. a there's a show called like Navy Seals or something starring Angels David Boreanaz and yes. um, and I've watched it pretty religiously and it's not great. But it's something I put on when I'm, you know, in the morning before I go to work just to have something on that I don't have to pay attention to. Um, but one of the characters in the show is also the best friend in Wishcraft. But it, but like what, 25 years ago or mm -hmm. whatever it is, and I haven't seen him in literally anything else. So I'm like, who is that guy? Why can't I recognize that guy? Because he's this guy from 20 years ago, and I'm like. <laughs> what but no this uh, this is the cult this is our uh this is our opening monologue to the to the rubensteins yes <laughs> <laughs> but yes wishcraft it is an insane movie that everybody should watch um because it is it's too it, it i can't even you can't even really talk about it without spoiling it but oh. also i would never be able to spoil it i i the, the only thing i will say about uh 
about Wishcraft that w- should get people to watch it is uh, the the following. One, the rom-com element is just like out of left field, out of nowhere with this, because it's like, like I said, it doesn't know if it wants to be a slasher movie or a rom com, and then it's just, it's like it's it's like that commercial for the tacos. It's like let's do both, you know. So it did. It chose both. <laughs> yeah, it definitely chose both. Um, the the exchange scenes between Meatloaf and Zelda Rubenstein. Now there was there the reason so that, that this movie makes it immediately into the cult cinema catacombs hall of fame is because it is the only movie you're going to see with Zelda Rubenstein and Meatloaf as a, Meatloaf together. is a detective and Zelda Rubenstein is a medical examiner yes. and they're on screen at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whoever did this is strong. I immediately was, I know, right? She can't not do it. And I was like, wait, is that, first of all, I was like, wait, is that meatloaf? When they were introduced, you know, the police into it. And I'm like, meatloaf? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, meatloaf was in like Black Dog. He was in a lot. So I was like, okay, meatloaf. That makes sense for the time period. And then he walks in for a to do to, into the into the medical examiners while they're doing an autopsy. And Zelda Rubenstein is the autopsy. And she's all pissed. Medical. She's all pissed up because they woke her up at three in the morning for I'm it. Like, what the fuck? What is this? And that's before. I mean, granted, that's we had before the, it really gets into the what the yeah, fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, granted, we had the the at that point we knew, and I'm not going to spoil what the the magical totem is because holy <laughs> shit. But you need to experience but, the magic totem for yourself. But we but we've already gotten that, so we're like, alright, this is already kind of an effed up movie, but it, considering the time period it came out in, it still makes at least some sense. And then those two showed up together and I'm like, oh, oh, we're in for a uh, next hour. The next hour is gonna be a ride. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I could say about this movie was what build did Austin Pendleton owe? <laughs> To agree and start in this thing. Because all of a sudden I see Austin Pendleton's name and I'm like, oh, you poor the first thing man. you wrote me. I'm like, Roy, you have to watch this movie. And the first thing Roy, he's like, I'm pressing play. Oh, no, Austin Pendleton, no. <laughs> because he was, there are no, besides like Meatloaf and Zelda Rubenstein, like Michael Weston was not a big name. Still is it. Oh. But not a big name in Hollywood. The... The star of the, the the female lead is still wasn't and still isn't a big name in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like I watched a movie last night called um, Hunter's Moon that, by the way, you want to talk about another jacked up movie? That's one um, <laughs> that starred. Oh, who? what a, I knew his name last night. Um, it stars Thomas Jane. It stars. um Oh, what's the? He's a stand-up, and you would know him if I told you his name. But he's famous. His wife is famous. Um, the main, the the main lead girl, one of his three daughters, is the girl from uh, Tucker and Dale that gets quote unquote kidnapped. Okay, Jay Moore. Thank you, Jay Moore. Thank and you. And Amanda Weiss. Oh my God. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The whole movie, that movie is jacked up, but there, there are way more famous, like, like recognizable people than there were in Wishcraft. And it was a third, the movie that Wishcraft is. I'm just okay, saying. And it's like, who, who's your biggest name? Who's your biggest star in this movie? Austin Pendleton. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's enough of a cold open. We need to do the Ruben Steam. Let's go. So we've come up with categories, and the reason why we did this is because this we felt would be a fun way to look back at the movies that we watched, and we're like, what the hell? Let's do this every year from this point on. I you, we've got the Oscars, we've got the Razzies. Why not the Rubensteins? Yes. So um, we've divided it up into different categories, and uh, we're going to go from there. So again, from this for this one, we're looking back at all the films that we've done up to this point, except for the two that were released this month. So Wing Commander and um, shit, I'm forgetting the other one we did. <laughs> Hackers. Hackers. So Wing Commander and Hackers did not qualify for this round, but it did qualify for next year's Rubensteins. Uh, so, so beginning next year, then from the movies that we watch in February up to January of 2024, and then so on and so on and so forth. So let's go on with our first category, which is yes. best what the fuck kill, yes. uh, which we've seen quite a number of. in our films we have Uh, yes andy what was your choice for best what the fuck kill so i i ruminated on this quite a bit Mm -hmm. and you know i i went through we have gorious kills permutos is in there we have things like that but i wanted the the whole i wanted a whole i wanted a, a meal out of this right i wanted i wanted to incorporate the whole experience so i went with the um what i'm calling Chekhov's dirt bike and twice dead i knew you were gonna go with that (laughs) (laughs) because not only was it a movie that we went in without knowing what it was about just based on the director alone and watched this thing but it was a bonkers wild one of our favorite movies we watched and the fact that the dirt bike makes a reappearance to kill that guy <laughs> by running over him, running over his dick a bunch. Yeah. This this in this um possessed dirt bike runs over a guy's dick a bunch. If you haven't seen Twice Dead, I don't know what to tell you. Chris, Chris, Christine's cousin, basically. Yeah, Christine's cousin, the <laughs> dirt bike. Um, old Hollywood dirt bike ran over his dick a bunch. Is um that was my most most what the fuck kill. Of, of all the movies that we've watched. And there were a lot to choose from. Oh, Some yeah. of them I didn't choose because they were in other categories for this. So that's why I went with that one. Gotcha. See, I almost went with that one too, but there, then there was just one other kill that kept popping up in my head. And I was like, if I don't mention this one, then I would be remiss. And it's the kill that I call rats on fire on my head <laughs> yes yes from rats night yes. of terror yes uh, because i mean not only was this guy did this guy come running in with his head on fire but there's just no safety regulations for the rats whatsoever so you got this stunt man with his head on fire and they just throw a fucking rat on top of it and the rats like bouncing around like oh shit i'm on fire <laughs> it was a literal on fire rat <laughs> And I'm going, what the fuck? And it's like, I mean, even for it being an Italian movie, I'm like sitting here going, this is the 80s. There still was no regulation for this. I'm going, okay, in in Italian, in Italy, I guess not. So uh, that was my choice for what the fuck hell was yeah, that? Yeah, it's good. That's good. Our Our second category, and this is going to be a widely contested category, oh, um, wow. 
is best quote in one of the movies we watched that made us laugh. And I want to hear Roy's first. So, Roy, what do you got? Mine is a tie, actually. I think um, we probably are tied on the same thing, but I want to hear what you have to say. See, I, 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 mine was a tie because between these two quotes, I really couldn't pick one or the other because these these were the quotes that made me giggle the hardest. So my first quote is, yes, I know what caveat emptor means. Do you know what go fuck yourself means? <laughs> Uh, said by Nigel Bach from Bad Ben. Yes. Um, and then the other one is Elizabeth Taylor screaming, shit on your mother <laughs> from whom? <laughs> yes. I have no, you have no idea how many times when I was watching Boom, I backed it up to hear Elizabeth Taylor scream drunkenly, shit on your mother. And okay. I'm going, that can't be in Tennessee Williams' script. That had to be an improv. <laughs> Very good choices. Very good so choices. What are, so what are yours? Two of them. Um, my first one is also from Bad Ben. And it is simply, God damn it, that is it. <laughs> That's the entire... Nothing encapsulates that movie and this show more than that quote. And I will, I quote it probably every other day at least. The I magic, yell that. The magic of Bad Ben is the fact that that uh, film only cost $500 to make. $500. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> it does, but also, like, he he hasn't made Blair Witch money off of Bad Ben, but he's made money off of Bad Ben. He's, he's <laughs> like, made money off him. of Bad Ben, but it's not like Blair Witch or Skinner Marink. Or, you no, know? no. <laughs> God what, bless him. What's your second quote? My second one is Zelda. With it makes you strong. I was waiting for that one. Because <laughs> I, I, again, like, is there another, is there, a, there are no, two more quotes that we use on this show more regularly that make us just almost cry laughing. <laughs> it makes you strong, Roy. <laughs> and it's not what she's saying, it's how she says it. Well, it's both, because it makes <laughs> no sense, number one. But she has... She has fully embraced that character at a level that, oh, yeah. like the 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 ghost specialist from Poltergeist doesn't come close to how well how much she really just dove into this character. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So that's those are my two choices. Alrighty, our next category is best musical number. Um, I now have no idea if we'll be seeing any musicals or anything with a musical I'm number sure we this will. year. I'm sure at one point you're kidding. Will. But over the past four and a half years, we definitely have. Um, yes. So, um, Mr. Farmer, what is your choice for best musical number? Ah, that goes to none other than show business from the Apple. <laughs> and it will always be show business from the Apple. <laughs> Not only is show business from the Apple my my favorite musical number, the best musical number on any of the movies we've watched. Mm-hmm. It might be the best musical number in any movie ever made. <laughs> that was literally the kitchen sink moment of that film. It was just like, uh, okay, we're going to have some trombonists. We're going to have bad vaudevillian magic, a mime. The Apple is just an unsung classic. Really, truly is. There, it is. It is a movie that I would not mind doing again. 
if we ever like that is a that is definitely up there with my favorite movies that we've that we've done and has grown on me over the time since we've watched it. <laughs> well, I love the fact that uh, I forgot what movie you said it was that you're that you were watching, and then Lacey said, "Is that his Bim Mark?" I just <laughs> I, it just cracks me up. Bim, Bim Marks, we could sell them. I mean. <laughs> We could create Vim marks and sell them, I'm sure. Um, Roy, what was your favorite musical number? Hands down, the milkshake from Can't Stop the Music. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is that is definitely a second. Yes. Because the, the fact that that was their idea for a wholesome family national board of milk commercial, the village people, and... Mrs. Tressmacher, scantily clad in, in clothing, dancing with a bunch of people erotically in white about making a milkshake. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it just, you know, it's going to go off the rails immediately when the commercial begins with her calling the children in and the children come running in dressed like the village people down to the one kid who's dressed as the leather man in the S&M leather gear Right. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And here comes the milkshake song. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like it's like, what if we took what if we took the movie Cruising and turned it into a musical? Here it is. <laughs> it was very good. And we have done a lot of musicals or at least a musical adjacent films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one, I mean, it could have gone to Mae West at some point. <laughs> it could have gone to the village people. It could have gone to. Um, it could have uh, gone to Patrick Swayze and his uh, roller skating. Uh, oh, my belt God. With, belt with oh, my ballet. God. <laughs> Rodeo belt. Yeah, it could have definitely gone. It could have gone to any time that one guy decided to sing in Skate Town, USA. <laughs> what was his name? Why can't I remember his name? I can't remember his name now. Uh, but at any point that that guy they gave that guy so much so so much time um yeah that's a good choice roy that's a good choice um so our next category is um best performance by a villain oh yeah i am i don't think you're gonna get mine we don't know what each other's choices no. are. i don't think you're gonna guess mine but i definitely want to know what yours is Mine is a tie. This is another tie. I, okay. I, like I said, I had a couple of ties here. Uh, this is the second of three ties that I have. Um, this is a tie between uh, Vladek Shabal, who played Mr. Boogaloo in The Apple. Okay. And the guy who played Rat Tail in New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was really hard to decide between those two because, I mean, Mr. Pugolo is just this outrageous character who is, like, not hiding the fact that he's gay Satan. And then you've got the magic that is Rat Tail. The, the sheer <laughs> audacity of that character to exist. With the first time that his character choice that actor's character choice to make that character more evil was to bite his own rat tail yes uh god it's so good dresses like adam ant going to prom <laughs> like this guy uh rat tail is 
might be the perfect character of, of like i don't know how yeah i just he's perfect he's perfect like i i'm with you on those two choices for sure who's your choice for uh, uh, best performance by a villain well i think this was back in our first year maybe our second year um my choice for best villain or or best performance by a villain is andy mcdowell in riding the bus with my sister <laughs> Oh, she was such a bitch in that movie. Oh, my God. Well, Nothing and also to realize possible. that the whole movie, what, what it was, and I, if you want to go back, you can listen to my rant about it, about how the whole movie was her, like, like it ended up being using Rosie McDonald to try to get the guy, like, to prove that she's a good person. Like, it's mm-hmm. the worst. She's, she, it was, ugh, ugh. I still think about it, of all of the villains and <laughs> all of the movies that we have watched that one ru- still rubs me the worst. So good job, Andy McDowell for being a total asshole. Uh, this one I'm dying. This is one of the categories I'm dying to know your answer to. Okay. Uh, the next category we're going with is most uncomfortable moment. And we've seen a <laughs> lot of uncomfortable moments in the movies that we've seen. But which one did you choose out of the what past you, four and a half years? What do you think it was? What comes to mind? What do you think it oh, might God, have been? Oh, God, there's me? all sorts of ones. But, speci- all, but specifically for me. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, the recent recent movie. Okay. I'm, go- I'm going with the extra birth scene for mine. <laughs> giving birth to a full gross I mean, full it grown could have man. been it could have been the teat suckling from the same movie <laughs> either of those would have been viable choices but for me that was like the most like i gotta kind of get up and leave the room for a second now let myself be okay type of thing that was it well here's the first one that we agree on oh uh, shit <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, mine almost went with the uh, saloon singer in Terror of Tiny Town. Oh. I, I, think had, I think had we not watched Extra, it probably would have went to her because, yeah. because of the fact that it was very Sean Bennell Ramsey. Um, but yeah, when you watch a oh. woman give birth to a full grown ass man who bites his own umbilical Yeah. And then is like giving a shower to himself in the um uh in in, in 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 like in the like a basin shower while the pet dog is eating the placenta and the carcass of the alien that impregnated her. At that point, I'm just like, no wonder this movie is a is a video nasty. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. nice. That whole movie was uncomfortable. Let's just be clear. But that scene in a in a very uncomfortable movie stood out. Yeah. As the most uncomfortable moment. Um, I'm curious for this one because I know my choice was locked in instantly uh-huh. for this. So, Roy, our next category is the most over the top sequence in one of the movies we've watched. What was yours? Oh, definitely the fight in the cemetery from yes! House of the Dead. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. I mean, it could have been the tank from Premutos, but no, when, when you've got this film, this horror film based off a of video game directed by Yui Bull, that's kind of, you know, kind of uh, going to it. And then when you get to the cemetery and 
it you just go all out low budget mockbuster with it down to the point where everyone gets their fucking bullet time hero moment and you're mixing shots of the zombies being killed in the movie with screenshots from the video game for special effects purposes and then more bullet time and then more bullet time and you have this sequence go on for eight minutes and 29 seconds it's a 10 minute sequence of every special effect that was available to them at the time there were x-ray shots like um like shots of the inside of a zombie when it ex- mm-hmm. like when there were bullet time everywhere there was there was sped up into bullet time out of bullet time that was that's some that's some Nancy Kerrigan shit right there like <laughs> like yeah you that's some Carrie like- Strug action that is Olympic level special effects yeah Yui Bowl was just like okay I am just going to put it all in balls to the wall. This is my opus. And it took a movie that I was like, eh, with it and made me fall in love with it. So because the thing is, it goes from nothing. It goes from a very plodding pace. All of a sudden it goes to 11 instantly. Yes. And then it does not stop till the end of the movie. No, it stays at 11 for the rest of the film. Yes. And that scene to this, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a more insane sequence. An insane eight minutes of film. Mm-hmm. You could watch Avengers Endgame, the the last fight scene, and get less out of it than you would out of watching <laughs> this scene in House of the Dead. Good choice for both of us. I'm happy with that choice. So is that your choice too? Is the yeah yeah oh no nice. that's my so choice. We, all right, yeah. so two back to backs where we two. agree on them there. Um. So next one is God. This could be all over the map because we've had plenty of these uh most painful to watch performance i don't know i think we might tie on this one too um <laughs> so, because, so out, of what, all what? The, out of all the performances we've watched which was the one that was the most painful for you uh may west and sextet yes we agree again <laughs> so so hard to watch so oh, god yes hard to watch that movie so hard to watch the scenes where she goes into the gymnasium with the Olymp. It's just every scene of that movie with the, that stars her is very difficult to to watch. You know she smells of A and D baby diaper ointment too at some point. Just the way she looks, I'm just like, and just I yeah. I mean, when when they do the close-ups on her and she's cross-eyed. It's just like, no, back away. No close-ups on Mae West, please. No, that's just, uh-uh. <laughs> and then when she's trying to be sexy at 90. Oh, look, come on open, see me sometime. Like, <sighs> what is happening right now? Oh, the British are coming. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard movie to watch. I felt that was a hard for, movie to watch. I felt bad for the entire cast around her in that film. Even the guy doing the awful Jimmy Carter impersonation. <laughs> I felt bad for that entire cast being sucked into that film. Yes. Yes. It was a tough watch. All right. Next is most what <laughs> the fuck ending. And we've had some. We've had some what the fuck endings. 
we have. Roy, what was what was your choice for best what the fuck ending? Anguish. The oh. fact that Anguish was a movie within a movie within a movie. And okay. we did not find out that it was a movie within a movie within a movie until the closing re- credits began. And we realized that this movie within a movie was a movie that this audience was watching in a movie theater. And we're walking out like, what the fuck did we just witness? <laughs> it's a good choice. Also, as you know, it makes you strong. So it's, <laughs> yes, it is. a. I had never heard of that movie before. You were like, we're watching this thing. Um, and it kind of blew my mind. I, we watched that. That was one of our live, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I had watched it before. So I knew what I was getting into. So I wasn't just shocked into silence for the majority of the film. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, if they vinegar syndrome, anguish, 4k, let's go. Get it. Complete with the subliminal stuff intact. The record, a subliminal (laughs) record with the soundtrack. Come on. It writes itself. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, so that's, uh, that's yours. So mine, what is yours? Mine is the curve. Oh, oh. (laughs) the, uh, the plot twist with the plot twist. Yeah. So you went with a film within a film within a film. I went with the, the plot twist within the plot twist within the plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist inception as we called it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where where the grift becomes a grift within the grift, mm-hmm. all perpetrated by Felicity, is that movie? What year did that come out? Nineteen ninety-eight. What year did um <laughs> did uh did Wishcraft come out? <laughs> like in the early two thousands. Because they feel the same. They feel the same. Like that, the energy from those movies feels the same. But yeah, if you haven't seen The Curve, and Roy, you said you hadn't, or it had been so long that you remembered literally nothing. No, we were both watching it for the very first time when we watched it, yeah. It's one of those, because we've, there have been Twice Dead, um, The Curve, I'm trying to think of other movies that we've gone in sight unseen and just watched, and we were blown away by the insanity. Um but that's one of those movies. New York Ninja was another one of those ones. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you haven't seen The Curve, it's on Tubi. Watch The Curve because it is the most bleak movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most angst-filled, bleak, no-hope movie. No one is likable in the entire movie. It is a whole thing. So, yeah, yeah, that was my choice. Nice. Um. Oh, I'm excited about this one. (laughs) The most special of special effects is our next category. Roy, (laughs) what is the most special of special effects? Oh, Kiss's entrance and Kiss the Phantom of the Park. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a real good one. (laughs) Because it's so, (laughs) even for a made-for-television movie, which I can't really say it was because it was released theatrically overseas, Kiss's entrance there okay there is blue screen green screening and then <laughs> there is Kiss's entrance and Kiss meets the fa- the Phantom of the Park where you can clearly tell that they're suspended on wires and are just being like tilted every which way <laughs> and they're supposed to be like they're emerging from the heavens down to 
Six Flags Magic Mountain. Right, the stage to play their show at Six Flags Magic Mountain. I mean, it's just good. so, like... That's good. That's oh, a good one. So, it looks so homemade. It <laughs> looks like... It, yeah, it looks like the pre-effects shots from, like, when you see them talk about Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> like, before they do their magic on it, it looks like that. Pre-ILM. You know, these animatics look great. Let's just go with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a good one. Another film I'm, I would be excited to to re-explore is that one for sure. What is your choice for the most specialist special effects? I mine mine uh, my award goes to the entire cast of rats from the movie. Right? <laughs> for the most specialist special effects, they threw. There is a scene in that movie where they are in the sewer. <laughs> And they just threw live rats, hundreds of live rats at a human being. And you could tell they were chucking them too. Just the way the rats were flying. You could just tell they were just whipping rats, them. whipping live rats at a man in a sewer. That happened in this movie. The, the aforementioned set a rat on fire and put it on a guy's head effect. Um, the guy you know, who's hanging over like the chasm and then they just like dump a bucket dump of rats. A bucket of rats on this dude. Just a tub of rats. Like those rats, God love them. They they should get in every um in every in memoriam at the Oscars, they should have a slide for the rats. <laughs> that movie was jacked, and I'm so glad I have it. <laughs> 4K rats. Let's go. <laughs> Every right. movie we do, we need to get a hold of somebody that will let us release 4K movies of the movies that we watch. <laughs> we need to start, if I was independently wealthy, that's what I would do. I would start a video restoration, uh, and we would release Cult Cinema Catacombs uh, under the Cult Cinema Catacombs label of all the movies that we do. <laughs> <laughs> I will interview those rats for a special feature. <laughs> So how did you feel being thrown on the guy? It was very scary. <laughs> I'm a rat. All right. <laughs> All right. Next is quote unquote best actor. Yeah. 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 Who yeah. is your choice for the quote unquote best actor? Oh, that's uh, Clint Howard in Evil Speak. That was <laughs> no question. <laughs> No question. Just classic Clint Howard acting in that movie. Um, Clint Howard in any of the movies we've watched, really. Uh, Ice Cream Man, The Wraith, uh, this, uh, House of the Dead. But Evil Speak really stands out as just like Clint Howard at his Howardiest, mm -hmm. you know? And anytime you have like that early hackers moment, of him working on a, a, a possessed Macintosh computer in the crypt of a church, like <laughs> which all churches have. Yeah. All churches have it just like really, really eaten the scenery. And then when he gets fully possessed with the sword and his hair, <laughs> Clint Howard's hair should really get this role, get this nomination, but Clint Howard's attached to the hair. So Clint Howard, evil speak. That's my, that's my choice. Okay. Mine went to Nigel Bach for Bad Ben. I, I, I could not go by without <laughs> giving Nigel Bach the applause for 
for Bad Ben because I I honestly believed that in his performance that Nigel Bach was fucking annoyed by the ghost yeah. haunting and in, in this house seen, that he's trying to flip. Never seen anything like it in my life. Probably will never see anything like it again. Nope. Just timber perfect in his performance. <laughs> you are correct. That is that is definitely one um, one of the best I've ever seen. Nigel Bach, best to do it. Goat. He's the goat. <laughs> He's on like what? Bad Ben 29 right now. I don't even I mean, know. <laughs> you could have gotten a tombstone. You could probably get your name tattooed on Nigel Bach's ass for, for 500 bucks. We'll ask him when we inevitably interview him, which I want to do this year. Get your name on my ass. Get your name on my ass. God, I'll, call the, I'll call the power company for you for $400. Um <laughs> Roy, uh, who was the in quotes best actress for your choice for best actress? Oh, um, Anne Carlyle from Liquid Sky. Oh, I shit. mean, playing the <laughs> dual role and giving us that whole delicious, delicious monologue, yeah. and yes, and 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 giving us the 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 disco dance uh, moment where she dies disco, and just I it just you know her pussy equals murder and. <laughs> It was good. Uh, <laughs> it is a fantastic first movie we ever watched. Fantastic yeah. movie. The her, introduction to this show. Her performance out of all the performances really stood out the most, especially when she's playing the, the male character out of the two who just wants drugs and money. And, yes. and, 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 and then, of course, it all goes full tilt boogie when she's giving a blow job to herself. Yes. In film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's it's great. It's it is one of the most insane movies, like top to bottom, insane movies we watched. I would put Dr. Caligari in that category as well. Yes. But oh, that's just she could have gone. She could have gone for for uh, best actress. Matter of fact, but yeah, good choice, Roy. Good choice. Who's your choice? Oh shit! Mm, little movie called Boom. Little <laughs> actress called Liz Taylor. <laughs> Shit on your mother. There is a scene in this film where she throws an x-ray machine <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, get shit off of here. <laughs> the, she is out of 14 in this movie. And the extra <laughs> three are probably laudanum and vodka. Like, she is a next level in this thing. And just choose every bit of she, all of those windows in that weird compound she had. Uh -huh. She chewed those out in yeah. in rehearsal for the film. Yeah, yeah, that's why there was no glass, and they were just, just yeah, she just ate rolls. that scenery. Just made a meal out of this movie. Just insane, screaming about wind chimes, killing villagers. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't uh, if you have not seen Boom Roy. I am. I would never. There is an outside chance I would have watched Liquid Sky if it would have come up like on Arrow or, you know, streaming or popped up on Tubi. Like, yeah, OK, this is weird. I'll watch it. I would never have watched Boom. So I am immensely grateful to you for, for putting that on my plate. <laughs> when a man stands on a lady's bench, he's supposed to come in and... and uh. God, she was so drunk in that movie. Just fucking don't care. Just didn't care. Was like, well, man, I don't. Whatever, just, yeah. Whatever, get in here. Put the put the picture of your husband down. We're gonna do it. 
Um, <laughs> Roy, my personal favorite um, category that we're uh-huh. talking about tonight. Um, the uh, gooeyest moment. <laughs> we had some very gooey moments there, over the past four and a half years. I kind of have a feeling I know. You know. Which one is yours? Yes. You know. but, but for me, uh, it's been something from the kindred. Yeah. However, yeah. however, however, seeing Alfonso Ribeiro turn into a giant ass dick <laughs> yeah. in ticks is yeah. my choice for gooeyest moment because it's first that of bitch all Carlton, that bitch Carlton, <laughs> because it's not only just so what the fuck, but just the way Carlton's body just rips apart to expose a rough Alfonso Ribeiro size tick. Yeah, I mean, in a movie that already had over-the-top gooey moments, especially when we've got, you know, Clint Howard's pulsating face going, I'm infected! You know, that could have went to it, too. But no, then we have to go more over-the-top with this moment. And I love the, I still love the fact that when the tick broke out of its body, it roared. Yes, yeah, the tick has vocal cords. (laughs) Of course, of course it does. That's a (laughs) good, that's a good one. Didn't I think even I know which me. one is yours. You think you know? Well, mine is the um, the introduction of a of a term into our lexicon that we still use to this day, <laughs> and that is ropey. Yep. And Amanda Peet's death scene. Yes, in I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> is the ropiest, just gooeyest, like you you can't say that on televisioniest um moment. In I any think, film that I think we've watched, I'm being kept alive with fish DNA. Yeah, gills, <laughs> goo everywhere. That movie from that point on was very gooey. Yeah, like I, it was very ropey from that I, point on. Have you seen the 4K restoration yet of that scene? I've got it. I haven't watched it yet, <laughs> oh, but I should. You, because the version we saw was very like a copy of a copy of a copy, because that's all that was available right. of the film. But seeing that sequence in 4K restoration, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Especially when her ears suck into her body. I, it's like, oh my god. But at the same time, you could tell it's a puppet head with like a string attached to the back of the ear, and they just yank it. Yeah, yeah, and that that is that is the wettest scene <laughs> that we've that I think liquid, liquid starts coming out of every orifice. Yes, of body. Just, and it's not liquid. It's like it's like a it's it's like L.A. looks hair gel is just rolling out of her ears and her nose and her mouth. Oh, it's good. It's it's some good goo. It's it's not like it's just any type of fish DNA that she was injected with. It was catfish DNA, right? Because she doesn't develop gills to protect her body. She develops that that goo that catfish developed to protect her body. <laughs> Go noodling. Uh, oh yeah. Now now we have what I would consider our our ultimate awards. And that yes. is um, best and worst of the movies, of the experiences. So I like that you did this, Roy, because you didn't put best film. The best yeah, film experience. experience. Yes, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roy, what was your, of all the movies we've watched for the last five years, best film experience? 
This is my third and final tie. Okay. It is between Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Okay. And The Curve. Okay. Yeah. That, All right. Those are the two. Because one, with Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, because just how ridiculous of a film it was and just how even years later were it was it was like the benchmark of experiences for us and i never thought we would see anything i mean rats for a while got there for me but then i revisited kiss and i'm like no it's kiss <laughs> then along came the curve which the curve we is your twice zero, dead i think yeah which was just we went in with zero expectations and the the moment the curve was that it for me was the scene where they're recreating Deer Hunter. Oh, God. Down with screaming. The, down with the Vietnamese dialogue from the scene. And I'm like, and they're all, like, soaking wet for oh, some reason. I was screaming and texting you. I was screaming <laughs> and just sending you texts during that scene. The most wild, if you put a category next year, the most wild scene. In any movie, it would have to be that movie. It would have to be that scene. Because what? Mm-hmm. What, oh, what movie bonkers. does that? <sighs> yeah, so good choices. Bonkers. Good choice. What is your best film experience so far? So I'm going to tell you the experience around this. Okay. Sitting. I might have been playing board games with some friends. It was like eight o'clock at night on a Sunday, I think. And I'm just sitting there and I get a text from Roy and the text says, buy this movie now with a link (laughs) to New York Ninja. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the first time this has happened where there isn't, there isn't a preamble. There isn't a, we're going to do this movie or there isn't a, you know, it was literally just an order. It was like three words. It was like, buy this now and a link. And I did <laughs> instantly just, just bought this movie, had no idea what I bought. And then I started researching it and found out how, you know, they had the they had some masters for this thing, didn't have any audio and what they went through to create the movie. And I was like, OK, I'm into this now. Then it came time to watch it. And I, we watched it and it was insane. Magic. Magic. Voyager's Voyager's soundtrack. The Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, just the litany of B action stars from the 80s and the early 90s that they got to be in this. Um, the story is insane because there was no story. They had to make it up. They brought in lip readers to try yeah. to figure out the script. And it was perfect. Like the aforementioned rat tail is in this thing. Um, the birthday party scene. That makes no sense. Like the whole movie is just out of control. The that film- was his Tommy Wiseau's "You're Tearing Me Apart" Lisa yes. moment. Yeah. And and the let's not forget the costuming. Whoever did the costuming and for whatever reason they did it, just like the <laughs> shittiest version of the Warriors. Um, beautiful. And then we got to review it and talk about it. And we and to it is my fondest. Besides the start of the show when I watched Liquid Sky and I was like, what? the fuck are we watching and this is what we're going to do for the next six years of my life um that that experience for me encapsulates what this show should be 
and I'm so glad I got to experience it for the show. So nice. for me, that's it. That's it. It's a good one. New, New, New York Ninja has a very special place in my heart because I when I bought the movie just based on what it took to get the movie released. I was just like, oh, this is probably going to be the only way I'm ever going to see it. But then after I, you know, buy the movie and everything, then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we're actually going to release this thing in the theaters. And one of the theaters they chose was the Texas Theater. So I actually got to see this yeah. thing in the Texas Theater. And the person who saw it with me is an upcoming guest star of ours. Uh, she was in the theater with us watching it, and this was her first time seeing it. And the whole entire time we're watching this, she keeps slapping me, going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> He's, he's, yes. he's radioactive? What? 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 Oh my god, what's with... He's doing... He's doing kung fu on roller skates? What? <laughs> Why is he on the lamppost? What's happening? <laughs> oh god, this is... The movie is a blessing. And I yes. will forever be a fan of Vinegar Syndrome and what they do mm-hmm. based only... Not only on the, the other good works that they do, but because they made this happen. So... I'm just sad we're never going to get to see uh, L.A. Ninja. I'm just no. sad. Yeah. But <laughs> also, I, I didn't you do it, too? I immediately bought the soundtrack as well. Yes. When, when they announced, when Mondo announced they released the soundtrack on vinyl, Instabuy. Yeah. I, we both, I, within seconds, had that thing bought. Yeah. I was like, wait, the score? Definitely. I mean... Voyage, I know you listen to the show, Voyager. So I know you are listeners because you've messaged us. So yes. again, kudos on your God. score. You nailed the score for this type of film. Kudos to you. Yeah, it, it well, and like we said when we recorded, it it got to a point in the film where regardless of how bananas it was, because of all the reasons we said, right? They didn't mm-hmm. have an audio track. They had to bring in all of these actors. They had to get lip readers to come up with a script that guaranteed doesn't have anything to do with the movie <laughs> that they made initially. Um, the score is such that about a third into the movie, you don't – it's not a – it, it stops being what is almost an art project and starts just being a score to a movie like that, and you forget that it wasn't the score to a movie that came out then. It just yeah. becomes a part of the landscape, and it is brilliant. Brilliant. Good job. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if we have to give a special achievement award, because you know they always give a special achievement award at these sure. award shows. If we have to give a special achievement award, then we'd have to give it to Voyager yes. for the, for creating uh, a kick-ass score and also to Vinegar Syndrome for just what you did with New York Ninja is just phenomenal. And congratulations on creating an instant cult classic out of this thing at a whole cutting that that shit out of whole cloth and putting those pieces together and i think you can still buy it at vinegar syndrome i don't think it's sold out um and if you can you should because not only is the movie great not only is the soundtrack amazing but the special features about how it was made Mm -hmm. and what they went through fantastic by far yeah just a great movie okay enough enough opining over New York Ninja. Roy, what was let's the get worst? To, let, let's get let's to get the, the part where everyone potatoes. wants to hear. Yes. Right. What's the worst film we have seen so far, Roy? Oh, this was tough. So mad. Uh, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. I mean, this is, there are so many 
horrible movies we've watched that we genuinely do not like. Do not like and spit venom on. One of them we're going to be revisiting in July, and that is Premutos. So it's not Premutos, though. Okay. Very, very close. Also very close were um, uh, The Terror of Tiny Town, just because of how exploitive of a film it was. Yes. And, and also Honky for how fucking boring it was. <laughs> I thought it might have been Honky for you because you hate that movie because you were ready to like it. That's the problem is mm-hmm. you went in e- expecting it to be something that it wasn't. And then it was this and you're like, well, shit. But out of all of the films that we've watched that we hate, no other film <laughs> made me want to literally grab candy out of a baby's hand and punch it. Just to get my frustration out on not only just the fact that the film exists, but the subject matter of the film. Okay. Is Kirk Cameron saving? Oh shit! <laughs> Go ahead again, because I I went over you when I heard it. I had a visceral reaction, so please say again the the title of your film, Roy. Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Get <laughs> me off. So just the first fucking five minutes of that film of Kirk Cameron sitting there in his Christmas sweater, drinking hot cocoa and trying to justify everything that we're about to witness. Why is there a war on Christmas? I'm like going, okay, I know exactly. At that point, I regretted us choosing this film. (laughs) Because I wanted to choose a Christmas film that has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so that's why I was like, okay, this could be interesting to see. Boy, oh boy, did I highly regret choosing this film. Uh, (laughs) Because of how angry it made me after we were done watching it. Just the, the fact that he was literally, literally trying to find in his own fucked up mind, the reasons for our traditions at Christmas and basically justifying commercialism and everything else. I'm just like, Oh, and then he ends it in that fucking hip hop number. Yeah. The and, whitest <laughs> hip hop number you've ever seen. I, oh God. I, yeah, I had to, if, if, if I had access to one of those anger rooms, <laughs> I would have, booked the room immediately just to take my frustration out from the film. What was yours? <sighs> Minus Bermudas. Yours. I knew it. I knew it was. I hate Bermudas. that movie so much. I hate that movie viscerally. I hate the movie with a passion that lives inside of me. There's only one movie on the face of the planet. I hate more than that movie. And it's not one of ours. And that's dash cam. That's the only other movie. <laughs> I hate as bad as Bermudas. Um, and I hate it even more because they announced that they were releasing it upscale 2K and a special edition, and we bought it. Yeah. Almost and instantly. Not only because it is an upscale restoration, but it is the discovered director's cut. They found a fucking director's cut to this film. It's a movie we- I hate so much that I paid like $25 <laughs> to own. We and a special did. edition just to hate it more. And it comes with the soundtrack. 
That would be that would be like me going back to Phoenix just to scream at it. <laughs> I hate so, this movie so much, and we're gonna watch it again. Yes. So for our fifth anniversary this year in in July, here's what Andy and I have lined up. First of all, because of the fact that we actually got to five years of doing this show, um, we're going to Lord of the Rings it. We're, we're getting matching tattoos. We are. We and are. The design that we settled on is the, the Canon Films logo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Golan Globus is going to officially be on our bodies. That's right. Uh, I'm still debating getting it on my ass. <laughs> So for us surviving five years of this show, we're, we're getting matching tattoos as a as a way of saying we survive this shit. Um, we are going to revisit Premutos uh, because are. the fact that we bought this shit and we're like, OK, what the hell's in the director's cut? So that also gave us the idea of taking all the movies that we have watched up to this point. Yes. And I fed all of them into a name-changing wheel online, a name-choosing wheel online, and spun the wheel 20 times. And in those 20 times, it created a finalized list of films where after we're done talking about our June episodes, we will input these 20 titles into another name changer wheel. And on my episode, I'll spin the wheel. And on Andy's episode, he'll spin the wheel. And whatever movie it lands on, we will revisit. Yes. Now, some of the films that have been chosen for the top 20, we would be more than happy to revisit. Yes. Some of the other films were like, God fucking damn it. (laughs) There's a good mix. For sure. So here are the final 20. Oh, we're going to list them. All right, yes, here we go. We're going to list them. So that way they know. So these are the final 20. First and foremost, God damn it, Andy, Reeker. <laughs> which almost made it to my list of worst experience. But, but no, Kirk Cameron, that, that made me so mad. So Reeker was the very first one to be chosen. I was like, of course it is. So our... So we have Reeker, we have Twice Dead, Dr. Caligari, Rock and Rule, Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh my god, yes, yes. The Kindred. Such a good list. The Pit. I could do The Pit again. Evil Speak. I could, I've done Evil Speak since the last show we watched it. <laughs> Liquid Sky. Please. Please. The, the Gay Deceivers. Oh, my God. Okay. The Vampire Happening. I kind of hope it's the Vampire Happening. <laughs> <laughs> Skidoo. <laughs> that sigh said so much. Dot and the Kangaroo. I can't. I can't. I will immolate myself in my front yard before I watch that movie again. <laughs> Bad Ben. Yes, please. 
Yes, please. Probably the only classiest title in this list, Picnic at Hanging Rock. <laughs> that's our criterion choice. <laughs> that's literally the sorbet to clean the palate. That's right. Especially since it's immediately followed by Robo Jocks. Uh, uh, yes. The Apple. Yes. Yes. Ra- yes. Rats, Night of Terror. <laughs> There's so many good choices. Fucking Terror of Tiny Town. Oh, then there's Terror of Tiny Town. And then we're like, okay, what's going to be the final choice? Of course, the final choice lands on Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. It's really weighted in our favor. There are a lot more really, really good movies than there are really, really bad ones. But the looming (laughs) specter of Terror of Tiny Town and Dot the Kangaroo. Oof. With Oof. our luck, with our luck, it'll land on Reeker and the Terror of Tiny Town, or it'll land on the Gay Deceivers and the Terror of Tiny Town, or <laughs> Dot the Kangaroo and the Terror of Tiny yeah. Town. Oh no, it would be like Skidoo and <laughs> and the, the Gay Terror of Tiny Town. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I have one this movie that we're like, I guess Town. we can rewatch this. That's fine. And then the Terror of Tiny Town. <laughs> we're gonna think we got away basically clean with skidoo and then it's going to be like dot the kangaroo and i'm gonna be like i'll be out front with the kerosene (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's what we're doing that's what we're doing for our fifth anniversary uh folks so this month uh in february of course we're wrapping up lilith fair uh with 13 ghosts and slc punk we have a special guest uh coming on our show a friend of ours by the name of courtney who is a uh, actress, teacher, and self-professed mega fan of Matthew Lillard? Um, let's not leave out writer, director, actress, uh, <laughs> model, uh, model, uh, <laughs> scientist. Um, yeah, um, she is a haberdasher. Yeah, I think she makes hats. She makes hats. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, and I said I've said it before, and I'll say it again: the only person funny enough to make me lose my motor functions and I'll literally just fall down. Like I couldn't stand up anymore. Yeah. She was the one who was just losing her shit as we're watching. And then it also helps the fact that she had a few cocktails before we watched New York Ninja too. Sure. It'll always help. That always, well, that always helps with that film anyway, but I, yeah, she was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That movie just totally blew her mind. And so when she found out that we're doing 13 ghosts and SLC punk, she's like, can I be on the show? And we're like, of course, come on, come on the show. I was definitely, well, I definitely was like, I want you to come on a show. And I was like, now there's this one with the two of your favorite movies. Yeah, you got to come on this one. And I hope, Courtney, you're going to be listening to this. And I want you to try to record the bit at all con. That's all I'm going to say. I would like, I would like the bit at all con. Um, (laughs) Because I cannot go through life without saying Mads Mickelstream. At least once a week. So, um, yes, so that's it. Our fifth anniversary is big, Roy. It's a big one. Yes. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. And, I mean, so much planned. I mean, we, in March, we have our tribute to uh, Troma, Troma Pictures and our look at the Troma Now app. Uh, we got a, we got three movies coming in April, and Andy does not know the two that I picked. No, wait a minute. No, you, we know one of them I picked. We know one, but there's a top secret one that, okay. So once in a while, Andy will send me these care packages out of nowhere. Sometimes (laughs) it'll be the movies that we're going to watch. I'm like, what is this shit? 
and or or records like the uh like like the the, the Richard Simmons workout or something like that. Yeah, okay, my favorite I can't top the KFC Christmas though the Michael oh, Jackson the, hat might have. You'll the have Michael to, Jackson hat the Michael Jackson hat was great but nothing tops the Colonel Sanders KFC Christmas record. That was just like I, I went this is a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I've done that with you. I, I have, uh, and it should oh, be arriving shit. soon. So you have something coming your way. It'll be uh, the the third feature that we're doing for the month of April. Um, of course, we're doing uh, two features for uh, July. I mean, three features for July. Uh, for Pride Month, I'm choosing the darkest movie we could think of for Pride Month. Oh, my God. That's all I'm telling you for Pride Month. Oh, my Month. God. Yeah. All right. And in May... Um, I'm going to go ahead and reveal May's movie right now because shit. All right. The reason why we did Manos the Hands of Fate was because you told me you never saw it and I'm like, "Oh, what? yes, okay." And so when you revealed that this movie you've never seen before, even Lacey questioned you like, "How have Everybody you Everybody questions seen this movie." Me. So because it celebrates its 20th anniversary this year in May. This May, Andy will be exposed for the very first time to 2003's The Room. Yes. Starring Tommy Wiseau. Yes. So we will be doing The Room with Tommy Wiseau. I cannot wait to hear your reaction to this goddamn movie. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm here for it. I'm, I've. I have, it became such a thing, you know, such a big deal that I didn't want to watch it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it became so over the top a thing that I was like, hey, I can't. So now I'm, I, I am ready. My body is ready to watch this movie. 20 years later, your body is ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way back in the day about like Desperado. When that or um, El Mariachi, when that came out and then I watched mm. it and I was mad at myself for not watching it. So um, I'm ready for this one to be there for me, too. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I can't wait to to hear your reaction to um, to, just to Tommy was so period. I can't wait for that. Sure. <laughs> and, and we also got other things lined up, of course. You know, uh, we got some early contenders for Halloween this year. Uh, we've been like, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth. That one that I sent you last night might wind up as our hollow, as one of our Halloween movies. Cause I was like okay. watching that trailer, like, Oh shit. And then I found it on YouTube and I'm like, Oh shit. So yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Okay. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for uh, tuning in uh, to our first ever Rubenstein's Awards. Again, we're going to be doing this every year to cover and recap on everything that we've watched over the course of the year and kind of debrief, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, and um, I can't wait to see what fuckery we uncover this year. I'm sure we'll 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 get all kinds. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll revisit Bad Ben and go to uh, the sequel. Who knows? I hope so. The sequel slash so. prequel that came out. So you know what I realized though is that what we did what we did luck out of when it came to that twenty was that we don't have to revisit either Cop Rock 
Or Pink Lady and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So that's that's yeah, that's for sure. That's a blessing. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes, I'm I'm ready for this next coming year. I'm very excited. Uh, let's let's go. All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Talk to you later. Hi there, fun seekers. Are you looking for cinema that is absolutely 100% independently made, but also extremely unique and outside of the box? Well, look no further than Troma Pictures and the Troma Now streaming service. Watch.troma.com is your home for everything from Roy Kaufman and his band of very fun individuals. Everything from the Toxic Avenger and beyond at your fingertips. Only $4.99 a month, but your first 30 days are free. Did I say free? Yes, they're free. So what are you waiting for? Go to watch.troma.com and sign up. Also available on your Apple and Android devices, on the Roku stick, and also on the Fire Stick. Let's get freaky!